Well, thanks, Eric, and uh, we're so blessed to have uh, Derek as part of our uh, church family, and uh, we're going to wait and see how many middle school students drive him crazy uh, over the next uh, few months, years, uh, along with uh, all those that are on that team. Well, uh, my name's Chris. I'm so glad that you chose to take time out of your week to come here uh, today, especially with school having already started for those in Yorktown. And this week, Muncie starts. So if you're a parent, this can either be D-Day or it can be D-Day. It's tough either way. Um, Well, today we're beginning a brand new series that is called um, Pray. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to focus in on prayer over uh, the next few weeks. Now, 90% of all Americans say that they pray daily. But uh, I found that prayer can be a very, very kind of confusing uh, experience. Now, rather than just talking about prayer, what we want to do is actually give you times throughout uh, this uh, whole experience uh, to kind of pray. And so there'll be different opportunities uh, during the next couple weeks where you will have a chance uh, to pray. Now, we want to not just, like I said, talk about it. We actually want to do it, and we'll give you a chance to do that a little bit later on. But we're going to get serious about it, and we want to try to understand it the best way that we can. But before we jump into what Jesus had to say about prayer, what I'd like to do is I want to begin with a little confession time. And um, some of you are going to like this time of confession, and some of you might want to leave the church uh, after this. Um, We'll just kind of see how it goes out. Um, I pray every time before I eat. But the reality is, that's sometimes the only time that I pray. I set a time every single morning uh, to pray and spend time with God. But many times I don't do that. I almost always feel guilty that I don't pray enough and maybe some of you feel that way too. And the fact that I have a seminary degree, uh, went to Bible school, I have a master's in theology, and the IRS sees me as a pastor, um, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm good at praying. Every person I know has hang-ups with prayer. And sometimes, when I hear other people praying, I even feel guilty because I just don't pray um, as well as they do. Even though I've studied prayer, I've read books on prayer, I've taught on prayer, I've tried different ways to pray, honestly, sometimes I really wonder if I'm doing it right. I often fall into the trap that prayer has to be some formula. And so I have these different formulas of prayer that I use, um, and I plug those in, and I think, well, that will do it, that'll be right, and yet I don't do it right. I will pray uh, for people sometimes, but they really pray better than I do. 
And sometimes when people are praying better than me, I just want to quit, you know? And like, well, why don't you pray for me? You know, because you do it so much better. Why should I pray? And just as a side note, sometimes at the end of the celebration, I'll invite people to come up for prayer, and you guys make this mad dash towards me, and we have two volunteers that often are praying on both sides, and you walk right by them, and you come up and you say, will you pray for me? And I stop whatever I'm doing, I say, yeah, I'll pray for you. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why did you come to me? Those two people on the side, they, they pray so much better than I do. I don't feel like an expert at prayer at all. And when it comes down to this area of prayer, the reality is, most of the time, I feel very inadequate. Sometimes I wonder why I even need to pray, to be quite honest. I mean, if God knows everything anyways, why do I need to pray for it? You know, he just, like, he knows it all anyway. Sometimes I feel selfish when I pray. Because I'll say things like, well, God, I want this, or I want that, or I want this for the church. And I just feel selfish. And sometimes I think that if I were God, I probably wouldn't answer my prayers. Because I'm too selfish with them. Other times I feel guilty for asking about anything. Because when I think about people on the other side of the globe, children who are starving to death, who don't have clean water, who are dying of AIDS, who are being trafficked into sex, and I think to myself, well, God, answer those prayers. Don't answer mine. Answer those. Other times, I don't want to pray because I feel kind of worried about going to God because I've flubbed up, I've messed up, I've screwed up in some way, and I just don't want to admit it. I don't want to have to face God in the midst of that. And yet other times, I don't want to pray just because He hadn't really been answering too many of my prayers lately. You ever done that before? You prayed for something over and over and over again, and it just doesn't seem like it's being answered. You're like, all right, maybe if I don't do that, something will happen. You ready for good news? You're like, oh, great. That was depressing the first five minutes. Are you ready for good news? This is the good news. You don't need me to know how to pray. (laughs) That's the good news. You don't need me to know how to pray. In fact, you don't need me to become a good prayer. Now, a lot of this, I think, is exactly what the evil one, our spiritual enemy, wants us to think about when we go into prayer. That it's overly mysterious. That I don't have the right formula. That I don't say the right words. That it's confusing. That it's too hard. That I have to be Mr. Goody Two-Shoes or Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes to really be able to pray. But I want you to know that none of that is biblical. None of that is true. Today, I want you to leave from this place knowing that you can pray a simple prayer. That the reality is that prayer is simple. It is as simple as a child talking to her father. Now, we will talk about other 
areas of prayer throughout this series. But today, I want you to just focus on the simplicity of what it means to talk to your Heavenly Father. That it's as easy as talking to your best friend on your phone. You know, God doesn't text yet, but for some of you, you know, it's that easy. And um, I want us to look at the fact that Jesus actually talked a whole lot about prayer. And He actually said this, that there is a wrong way to pray. Did you realize that? There's a wrong way to pray. And this is it. To pray like a hypocrite. To pray like a hypocrite. Jesus is kind of like, you can pray any way that you want to pray, just don't pray like this. Don't pray like a hypocrite. Jesus said these words, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand up and pray in the houses of worship and on the street corners so that everyone will see them. Jesus is like, you can pray any way that you want to. However you pray is okay. Just don't be a hypocrite. And this word hypocrite here actually is the term um, play, play actor. In other words, it's like if you go to the civic theater here in town, the person who is acting, who is playing, who is acting like someone else. He's saying, don't act like you're on a stage. Don't try to be on a stage and act like you're praying. Because when people look at you, they might say, Whoa, that guy's a real good prayer. I mean, have you ever been to one of those college graduations and they bring Reverend Jonathan L. Walker III will come now and give us our prayer. And Jonathan comes up. The eschatological God who stands up... And you're like, what? No, surely you've been there before, right? And you think, that's not prayer. I don't even understand what that person's saying. And what Jesus is saying, don't pray like that. In fact, the next time, if you really want to freak somebody out, next time you go to one of those graduations and that person gets up there and they start having this big eloquent prayer... Just stand up and say, hypocrite! And then tell them that you go to a different church in the jar, okay? (laughs) But he's saying, don't be a pretender. Don't be a poser. Don't be a play actor. That's the only way that you shouldn't pray. If you pray like that, he says, that's the only reward you're going to get. People will think you're good at praying, but that will be it. He actually told a story one day, Jesus did. I'll kind of modernize it. You can read it in your program this week. Um, But uh, he told the story of these two guys going to church. And one of these guys was a pastor. He was a good guy. He was a smart guy. He was a person who had a Ph.D. in theology. He led this big mega church that had rock and roll music. Thousands of people came all the time. And he went to church one day, and he really was a good guy. 
He wasn't one of those kind of pastors who you find out on CNN or Fox News who had some big scandal. I mean, this guy was a good guy. He was a generous guy. Now, at the same time, there's another guy that comes to church to pray, and he's a bad guy. He's a drug dealer. He's a person who actually sells drugs to other kids. He curses like a sailor, and he talks back and forth to women all the time. He has women, women in and out of his life. And both of them go to church, and they begin to pray at the exact same time. And the pastor prays, God, I'm so glad that I'm no longer a bad guy. I, don't, I thank you that I don't cheat on my wife anymore. I don't cheat on my taxes anymore. And I thank you that I'm honest and I'm generous. And honestly, God, I thank you that I'm not like that guy that is over there praying right now. I'm glad I'm not like him. And then the drug dealer comes and he prays to God. And he says, God, have mercy on me. I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. And Jesus looks to the crowd that day when he's telling this story. And he says, which one of them went home justified? Which one of them really got the attention of the Father? Which one of them got the ear of the Father? And Jesus said this, I tell you this, the sinner, not the Pharisee, not the pastor, returned home justified before God, for the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. Jesus said it's the humble one, the one who simply told the truth and said exactly what he was feeling, right where he was at, in the middle of it all. When he said, God, I'm a mess. I need help. Jesus said, that's the one who goes home justified. Folks, that's simple prayer. And I think that's the type of prayer that God is calling us to pray. So don't pray like a hypocrite. But the question then becomes, well, how do we pray? How do we pray? Well, first of all, Jesus teaches that when you pray, when you pray, you should call out to your Father. You should call out to your Father. One time, Jesus was with His disciples, His uh, closest 12 friends, and there's a story in the Gospel of Luke, which is kind of a biography of Jesus, and it says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, And throughout all of the gospel accounts, through all the biographies, Jesus constantly, you'll see, he leaves from wherever he's at and he goes off to a place and he prays. And this was one of those times. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say what? Father. And then he goes on and he teaches the Lord's Prayer. But what I simply want us to look at today is that first word, Father. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, Father. And he's not giving us some formula that if you just do this formula, great things will happen to your life. But he's saying, this is the truth. 
This is how you pray. He's saying when you pray, you talk to your father. Now, I want to be sensitive to women and maybe men who are in this place, and you had a father who was a real horse's behind. Treated you bad, treated you horrible, maybe abused you in some way. But if that's your case, I want you to know that when you talk to your Heavenly Father, it is everything opposite to the way that your father treated you. Everything good, everything glorious, everything wonderful, that's who God the Heavenly Father is. And so you go to Him and you just say, God, you're my dad, you're my father, and I'm your child. You see, that's what we are. We are children of God. And we talk to our Father. And what's amazing is that Jesus revolutionized prayer when He shared this with us. Before that, we didn't know how God fundamentally wanted to be known. But when Jesus came, He said, He wants to be known as your Father. The Father of everyone on planet Earth. And Jesus taught us, when you pray, you pray like this. So you call out to your Father. The second thing you do is you actually come to your Father. You call out His name, and then you come to Him. Another time, Jesus is teaching, and He says this. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. And now notice how He addresses God. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from the sophisticates and the know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does. But I'm not talking it to myself. But I'm not, ta- I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone who will listen. And then Jesus said to this group of people who are meeting there, Are you tired? Let me ask you this morning. Are any of you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then Jesus says what? He says, come to me. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're exhausted, if these religious practices that you've been doing aren't cutting it anymore, come to me. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. Just come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company. Come to me. And you will learn to live freely and lightly. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're exhausted, if you don't feel like you're cutting it anymore, if you're not sure if you can make another step, Jesus says, if that's where you're at, that's a good place to be, because then you can come to Me. 
You see, you're the child, and you have a Heavenly Father who thinks about you every second of every moment of every day, and He's longing for you to call to Him and come to Him. Now, I've only been doing this fathering thing for three years, three months, five days, 14 hours, and 14 minutes. Are you impressed? You know how long that took me? To figure all that out, I hope you're happy, okay? But I have a three-year-old and a 15-month-old. And I was just thinking about how they come to me these days. I mean, they're very, very young. Some of you have teenagers. Some of you have kids who are out of the house. They don't come to you anymore unless they want money. But mine, they come to me, and I love it. And I think that's the way God is. God loves it when His kids... Come to Him. So here's a few reasons why my kids come to me. First of all, they come to me when they want something. When they want something. It's almost always to be held, or touched, or fed, or a diaper changed, or to get them something. Maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's a Dora video. Maybe it's a veggie video. Maybe it's some other video. Shiloh comes to me and she just does this. Ah, ah, knack, knack. Now all of you are going, I have no idea what that is. I knew. That's snack. She wants a snack. She comes to me often wanting that. Now I think the reason that they come to me is because I'm a bigger softy than their mom. I think that's the reason why they come to me. They think... Mom's going to say no, but I'll come to Dad. And I love to give my kids stuff. Most of the time, I think I'm a pretty decent dad. And I can get them things. And sometimes I do. And sometimes they come to me, and I don't give them things. Jordan is three, and she always, when we get ready to go to bed, she wants a cookie. And sometimes I give her a cookie, and sometimes I give her cheese sticks. And her mom gives her carrot sticks. I give them what they need. Sometimes I give them what they want. But no matter what, each day they keep coming back time and time again. Here's the second thing. Sometimes my kids come to me when they are afraid. Sometimes they come to me when they're afraid. Over the past couple of months, uh, Muncie, Delaware County, all of East Central Indiana has been hit by many different thunderstorms. We've been just bombarded by them, in fact, at different times. And, um, you know, there were some storms not too long ago in which they actually had the uh, tornado siren that came down and it went on. Now, Jordan had never heard this siren before, uh, but she heard it that day. And so we all came downstairs and we went into the pantry and she learned to put her hand over her neck and she was all excited about that. Now, we did this to help her to not freak out about tornadoes. We went to the library, we bought books on tornadoes. We read about twisters and all this kind of stuff. And she was all into tornadoes. And most of the time, she doesn't get freaked out by them. But there was a morning not too long ago 
And when she woke up and I heard her crying, and she was going, Daddy, Daddy. And so I walked into her room and she was sitting up in her bed and she had all of her stuffed animals all around her in a perfect circle. And she said, Daddy, me and the guys, we're scared. And I said, well, Daddy's here. And she said, I know. Can we cuddle? And I picked her up out of the bed and we went over to the rocking chair and we cuddle. And sometimes my kids come to me when they're afraid. My kids also come to me when they're excited. Now Jordan is very creative and she's very artistic. She loves to paint, to color. She makes stuff all the time. And then she comes to me and with her excitement and she says, Daddy, look what I made! And I've got to go and I've got to look at it and I'm excited for her and she's excited. Now Shiloh is 15 months old. There hasn't been a lot that she could be excited about so far that she wanted to prove that she was better than her sister. But two weeks ago she learned how to walk. Now she walks like Frankenstein. It's like this. Everything has to be balanced. And she keeps her head down just like this. But when she finally sees my feet... She'll stop, and then she looks up with all six teeth, and she just smiles. Now what that is telling me is that she is really excited that she's walking, and she wants me to know that. And so when she looks up with her head, I go, Shiloh, great job, you did awesome, it's so exciting to see you walk. But that's one of the reasons why my kids come to me. They come to me when they have questions. That's another reason why they come to me. Now, Shiloh cannot complete a sentence. She can't even hardly say words. But when she goes like this, ah, ah, what do you think that means? Hold me, right? I want you to hold me. Will you hold me? She asks that question. Will you hold me? And I reach down, I pick her up, and I hold her up. Other times when we're at the supper table, she'll look and she'll go, ee, ee. You know what that means? <laughs> you guys are like, dude, I have no idea. But in our supper table, if she goes, ee, ee, that means bread. My kid loves bread. She'll eat bread anytime she can. We have to force her to eat everything else first, and then she'll eat bread. But she loves it. Now, when Jordan asks questions, she comes to me, and she thinks I know every answer to everything. A few weeks ago, she came up to me and she said, she said, Daddy, um, who is Jesus' daddy? And I was like, oh, thank God. No problem. Hey, it's God. And then she said this, well, who is God's daddy? And I said, go talk to your mom. <laughs> no, actually, I said, you know, uh, you know, God is everyone's daddy. And she said, oh, okay, let's go play with Elmo. That was it. You know, that's all she needed. Theologians have spent all their life trying to figure that out, and it was good for them. Here's another reason my kids come to me. When they are sick or tired. When they're sick or tired. This this, uh, summer has been tough on our family. Uh, All three girls, Jordan, Shiloh, and my wife, Jennifer, have been sick. Now, I never remember getting sick in the summer. 
I think it was because my mom, if you woke up in the summer and you were sick and you said, I don't feel good, she would go, oh, that's okay, honey, go play until 5 o'clock and then I'll call you back in, you know? I just don't think we ever got sick in the summer. You just got kicked out of the house and then you came back at 5 o'clock, you know? And if you were sick, you were sick with somebody else, you know? But now kids get a little cold and they're like, oh, we've got to keep them home. Not my mom. Go. You got chicken pox? Go. Share it with some people, you know? Now, both, of, both times this summer when my two girls got sick, they had fevers. And every time they have a fever, they just want to be held. They want someone to hold them. In fact, my wife, when she gets a fever, she wants to be held and cuddled. But when you're sick and tired, regardless of who you are, you often want your parents. And I think this happens even when we get older. I can remember in college one time, I got really, really sick. And uh, I didn't want to be around a whole bunch of sweaty, smelly guys who were having fun and none of them were sick. But I was. And so I picked up the phone. I said, Mommy, (laughs) I'm sick. Can you come get me? I want to come home. And she came and she got me. And uh, you see, the fact is, folks, when you're sick, you want to come home. Here's another thing. A lot of times, my kids will come to me because they have nowhere else to go. They have nowhere else to go. Shiloh gets bored with a certain toy. She looks at a book and she's done with that and she comes looking for me that I would be with her. Now, if you have older kids, you know what happens. Your kids come up, Dad, Mom, I'm bored. I'm bored. What can we do? You know? Now, Jordan, just this week, she was like done playing with toys. She didn't want to do it, and uh, we weren't going to watch a video. Um, and uh, most of the time, I'm not always a good parent. And she'll come and she'll say, what can I do? And I'll go, go watch a video. You know? But this was one of those weeks where I actually kind of stepped up, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll parent. And I said, well, let's do this. Let's take all of your puzzles, every single puzzle you have, and we're going to do them all on the table. Now, don't get too, you know, like, wow, you are a good parent. Most of them only have about 20 pieces, okay? So we did all these puzzles, and I said, we'll surprise your mom when she comes. And she just loved it. I mean, she really loved it. But they come to me when they have nowhere else to go. Here's the last thing. They come to me when I've been gone for a while. They come to me when I've been gone for a while. If I've been gone all day, most of the time when I walk through the door, there's a couch that sits right in our uh, doorway and, and they run around that door or they run around that couch and they run to me. And they're like, Daddy, Daddy, and they just are so excited. And Shiloh just says, Dad, 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 Dad. And now she can walk, so she's really excited about that. But a couple of weeks ago, I spent three days away from them because I went to a retreat center where I just tried to connect with God. And um, God did a lot of cool stuff. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys in the weeks and months to come. But when I got back from that time, when I walked in the door, neither one of them came running towards me. And the reason was, we had been gone for a while. And they had been with Mom, and they were fine, and it was kind of awkward for about ten minutes. They were real shy, and they kind of eventually kind of came up and we worked everything out. 
And you know, when you've been gone for a while, there can be a little bit of an awkwardness that comes with that. Because it takes a little while just to get to know the person again. And I think those are the things that clearly relate to our relationship with God. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. In other words, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, the way you do that is by becoming a child. And folks, you must embrace this whole kind of concept that I just gave to you of how my kids relate to me because that's exactly the way that we relate to our Father God. We have to get over the fact that maybe we are selfish. My kids are selfish a whole lot. And at least for now, we'd be willing to say, I'm selfish, but at least I'm talking to you. And you say, God, I know I'm a little selfish right now, but uh, I really do want a flat screen TV. You know? Or whatever it is. I think the problem is, is that so often, we don't pray because we think we have to be so holy before we come to God. That we have to have it all together, and then we'll pray. And for God, God's, God wants to hear from you right now exactly where you're at. Tell Him what you want. And then He'll give you cheese sticks. Okay? But He'll help you figure it out. Tell Him what you think you want or what you need. When you want something, go to Him. When you're afraid, go to Him. When you're excited, go to Him. When you have questions, you can go to Him. When you're tired, you can go to Him. When you're sick, just tell Him, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm worn out. If you're bored, say, God, can you fix it? And God will do that. Maybe you just go and say, God, it's been a while since you and I have actually really talked to each other. Father, I've been without you for a long time, but now I'm coming home. And I want you to know that if you haven't been talking to him very much, that it might feel a little awkward in those first few moments. But he wants to be with you. You see, one of the things that I'm realizing more is that the more and more my kids are around me, the more they act like me. (laughs) And uh, that's the same way it is with God. The more and more that you're around Him, the more you begin to act like Him. The simple thing that we learn with prayer is that when you begin to pray, you change. And the more time that you spend with God, the more that you talk like Him, the more that you act like Him, the more that you are like Him. So this week, this is your homework. This is your action point. I want to challenge you to spend five minutes daily with God. It can be on your commute to work. It can be right before you go to bed. It can be while you're in the shower. It really doesn't matter where it's at. But to say, five minutes a day, I'm going to talk to God. And maybe you just begin by saying, God, I don't feel very adequate in talking to you. Right now, I feel pretty messed up. I don't feel like I know what to even say. And that's okay. Just say that. In fact... 
Right now, what I want to do is give you an opportunity to just talk to him. We're going to share in communion, and Derek uh, is going to come up and kind of lead us in a closing song. But what communion is, is really a time for us to connect to God and to remember what God has done for us. And you can just say exactly what you're feeling. Whatever it is, wherever you're at, you just share it. And I'd encourage you to to confess any sins in your life, any mess-ups, those things. Just say, God, here it is. And I want you to know that we believe in a God here at the jar who will not condemn you or judge you or put you down, but it's a God who will forgive you and love you exactly where you're at. And whatever you're thirsty for, whatever it is that you need in your life right now, maybe more than anything else, you just share that with Him. And after we take just a a few moments of silence, Derek's going to lead us in a song, and then I'd invite you to come to any of these three tables. And if you're kind of on this side, if you can come to this table, if you're kind of here in the middle, you can come to the one in the middle. If you're over here on this side, you can come to that table. And um, there are also a couple that are in the back that if you wanted to go to that, you could do that as well. But I want you to know that these tables are not owned by me or the jar. These are Jesus' tables. And His Heavenly Father stands there with arms open, ready to receive you. And as you come up, I'd encourage you to just uh, break off a piece of the bread and dip it in and take and eat. And the one thing that I realize in my life more and more is that there are some times where I just don't have a chance to just be with God. So you just start here to be with God. Just say, Father, and then whatever you're feeling. Because He wants to meet you more than anything else. He really wants to meet with you right now. right now and God rather than just running off and going somewhere we'll come back because we want to celebrate our God who is bigger than we are and so God would you just come right now our father and would you meet with your kids
God, uh, we thank you that as we come, that you accept us exactly where we're at. God, you are our Father, and we are your children. And God, we want to meet with you throughout this week. And so God, would you uh, help us to know how to uh, do that? And would you help us to stay committed to doing that.
God, you brought each person to this place today. Not necessarily to talk to their friends. Not necessarily to hear a teaching or sing a song. But you brought them here today to meet with you, their Father. And God, we are so grateful that we have met with you in this place. This is holy ground. And God, now we want to honor you as our Father, that you are our God, and we are your children. It's to you and to you alone that your church called the jar will go forward to honor and glorify you in every way that we can. Thank you for meeting us in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to get dangerous this morning? Let's get dangerous. This last song, let's get dangerous. And uh, this is our God.
Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. I'll go to the Colts game today, but I will have clapped more here than there, I guarantee. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. Thanks, guys.